Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Turn your Bibles with me this morning to Mark chapter 11, verse 66 to 72. We're going to have a quick read, an interesting story. I am reading this morning from NIV translation. NIV translation, Mark 11. The Bible says, while Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with the Nazarene Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know. And I don't even understand what you're talking about. I don't even, I don't have a clue what you're saying. So Peter removed himself. He went outside through the entryway. And then verse 69, then the servant girl saw him there again. Someone like sometimes this girl is just after him. <laughs> and she said to those who are standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. When you read this from New King James uh, and I think King James translation, he said he denied it with an oath. <laughs> so this time around, he said, in fact, God is my witness. That's what he did in the second time. After a while, those standing near said to Peter, you know what? Surely, you are one of them for you are a Galilean. Now, it wasn't just that. Again, when you read this from New King James or King James Version, he says, he denied it. He said that your speech betrays you. Your speech. Now, how can they get Peter's speech if he wasn't speaking? He wasn't accent. That word accent there, speech. It means why this thing, proceedings were going on and Jesus Christ was being, you know, put through this mock trial. Peter wasn't just speaking. Everybody was speaking. But it was what he was saying that makes a difference. He means Peter would have been saying stuff that makes him different from every other person around him. He means perhaps he was praying. Perhaps he was praying in the Holy Ghost. Perhaps he was saying stuff and they're like, ah, ah, this guy is not like us. The rest of us are here to accuse this man. But there's something about him. His speech betrayed him, even though he was trying to blend with the crowd. They said, surely you are one of them now. The Bible said in verse 71, he began to call down curses and swore to them. Now, he was not cursing the people, he was cursing himself. So he began to rain curses on himself and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately the rooster crowed. The second time. Then Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which he had spoken to him. That before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. He broke down and he wept. He broke down and he wept. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you will breathe over your word this morning. I ask, Lord, that you will speak forth your light into every area of our darkness. Breathe over us, Lord, the spirit of the Lord that gives us light. And Lord, that spirit, let it pervade, let it permeate, 
Let our spirit be present even as we speak forth your word today. I ask, Lord, that that which I will speak will be clear, precise. And, Lord, it will speak direction and progress into every life. It will encourage. I ask, Lord, that the word which I speak this morning will edify. Lord, that's what I speak this morning will rebuke what must be cut off in our lives. Prune us so that we can be more fruitful. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will help me to speak forth your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We can do nothing without you. So, Lord, we ask that you will come right now. In Jesus' name we pray. The story of Peter, formerly known as Simon Peter, or Simon, is one of those amazing stories of divine progress in the Bible. When you remind yourself of the journey that Peter went through. Now, Peter, he wasn't really educated. There was no indication of any former schooling or education that you can say about Peter. As a matter of fact, Peter made his living just through fishing. And um, it seems like he made some good sources out of it. He had some kind of partnership. But things changed. We joined in or we were introduced to the life of Peter at a time that he was in a declining economy. Things were no longer working for Peter. It was more of a life of frustration. As a matter of fact, it's more of Peter would go out and there was nothing to show for it. It seems like the fish themselves were in a lockdown. And what you will see with Peter is there's so much activity but nothing to show. And there are people like that right now that you're working, you're laboring, but there's not a lot to show for it. And that's what's going on. The Bible says he was packing up his net. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe in the relationship you are in, you're thinking of packing the net. Maybe in some kind of business you are doing, you're packing up the net. And because you've been toiling and toiling, but there is no fruits. So the Bible says, one day, Jesus came along the Sea of Galilee. And he was some kind of miraculous encounter. It was an unusual encounter because Jesus was walking and then he divinely, of, with divine favor, he stepped into the boat of Peter. You know the story. And then he said to Peter, pull out a little bit. And then the Bible said he did that and then he preached. You know what's interesting about that story is that there was no record about what Jesus Christ preached about. <laughs> And yet, at the end of the day, something happened. You know, there are times in your life that a, a meeting can be put together. And there's so much said, so much happening. But really, you can't remember a lot of things about the meeting except one particular thing which brought about a major change. God can orchestrate things to happen just to reach a soul. Are you following what I'm trying to say this morning? He can put together a conference just for you. God can change, the, he can alter the course of anyone, anything, just because he needs to reach you. Because there is a miracle coming your way. I said, this year you will not miss it in Jesus' name. The Lord will order your steps. And it will cause things to happen to you. You will encounter a message. It could be a word that will change you. That's coming this morning. In the name of Jesus. So the Bible said by the end of that meeting, Jesus Christ said to Peter, 
He said, Peter, I'm changing this. I'm giving you a new vision. He said, you're no longer going to be fishing anymore, but you're going to become fishers of men. So you know what Peter said? Yes. Peter took on the course, and Simon followed Jesus. Now, he was Simon because his life was full of unsteadiness. And Jesus Christ said to him that, you know what, when you follow me, there's going to be a change. You will no longer be called Simon, but you'll be called Peter. There will be stability upon your life. You'll become stable. Somebody this morning, your journey to progress is beginning with stability in the name of Jesus. You're going to become stable in your world, stable in your life, stable in the things you lay your hands on. He said there will be stability. And indeed, Peter embraced it. So the journey began. And in a few years, actually, Peter can see the things have started changing. A few years, Peter became almost the envy of everyone around Jesus. He became the one that Jesus Christ would do nothing without telling. He was full of zeal. He saw into the things that other people in the team did not see. He could perceive what their leader was thinking about. One day they were in a, in a study and Jesus Christ had just finished a big meeting. He said, he looked around, he said, guys, who do you think men think I am? And everybody was looking around. They didn't know what to say, but Peter actually accessed a divine code in heaven. And he said, you are the son of the living God. And Peter said that, Jesus Christ looked at him and said, hmm, flesh did not reveal this to you. He said, but my father... That is in heaven. So you see, Peter had moved from not being trained, from not being educated, to becoming one that carries the breath of life himself. Something is going on in the life of Peter that if you knew Peter, you want to be like him. And that's really amazing about Peter. That's really amazing about Peter. Another day in Matthew chapter 14, verse 23, they had just finished another big meeting. And Jesus Christ said to the disciples, he said, Guys, I need you to go ahead of me. Cross the sea and I'll see you later. I'll just join you. And they got into the boat. The Bible says as they traveled in the night, things got out of hand. The Bible said that the sea became so tempestuous, and, and, and there was so, so much storm that they were afraid. They were afraid for their life. They thought they're going to die. The wind was contrary to them. And as if that was not bad enough in the midst of the darkness, a kind of figure was walking on the water, coming to watch them. Now, this is quite scary. And all men in the boat, they were all crying. It's a ghost. As if it's not bad enough to drown. Now, they're going to drown with a ghost on top of it. It's a ghost. Everybody was screaming as if they would do anything. They are inside the boat. The boat was about to turn over. Jesus Christ said to them, now guys, come down. He said, it's me. Be of good cheer. You know, when I read that scripture every time, I think, what was Jesus thinking? Be of good cheer. Who wants to be of good cheer when they're sober? Have you been in a storm on a boat before? Just on a holiday, I said, you know, we're just going to go on a cruise. <laughs> I hate those cruises. My wife likes them. I mean, we're on holiday. We're far away from home. I don't like to die in this water. Be of good cheer. There's nothing to smile about. And Peter did something that is so absurd. Without sending a text to his wife that I might not see you again, he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. What kind of request is that? Now, it has never been said, never written anywhere, that anybody born of a man and a woman 
walked on water. For Peter said, if it's you, bid me to come. Because if you're walking on water, I will walk with you. Because if I'm with you, I am saved. Because when it doesn't make sense, I am with you. Say, Lord, tell me to be with you. I will go where you call me to go. That's the kind of man Peter was. In fact, it got worse. So you know what happened? He walked on water. Then another day, Jesus Christ said, guys, very soon I'm going to be betrayed. And I'm going to be accused. And they're going to try and kill me. And all of you will scatter. <laughs> Peter got up in the middle of their dinner. He said, sir, look at me. If everybody leaves, I'm going to leave. I will be the last man standing. I have encountered you. I have tasted this. I know there's no other person who has the word of life but you. I'm going nowhere. I have the breath of life in me. I have received forgiveness. I have received wholeness. I am holding on to Jesus. Give me Jesus. And take the word. That's the kind of boast he made. Jesus Christ knew he meant it. He knew that he had the zeal. You know, friends, sometimes you think you know yourself better than God, but God said, I know you, I made you, I created you. And Jesus Christ said to Peter, he said, Peter, I hear you. I hear you. So he made the boast at the dinner table. But you know what happened? This same man, a few minutes later, that same Peter, a few minutes later, you know what happened. But let me pause. There is something that is divine about observing a baker mixing flour. It looks so messy. It's the same thing like when you see, you know, a potter. But you see, at the end of the mixing, what looks so messy, you have what? You have a beautiful cake. But the cake does not look like the mixing. Are you following me so far? It does not look like the mixing. It smells so nice. Mm, someone's going to have a happy Valentine with this one. But you see... The cake can turn out bad and the baker will have to throw it aside and bake another one. It's not the same feeling when you see, when you see a potter that is walking on his wheels. A potter takes the clay and smashes it and blends it and, and begins to roll it on the wheel. And you think, wow, this is looking good now. This is about to finish. And then the potter says no. And then he smashes it again. And he breaks it in the middle. And for the untrained eyes, this is messing it up. But you see, every time the potter is walking, it's part of the process. Somebody says it's part of the process. The title of my message this morning is Beyond the Messy Construction. Beyond the messy construction. It looks messy when you are doing it. It looks messy when it's being processed. Everything looks out of shape. The hands all covered up. Water is streaming all over the side. But my dear friend, beyond the messy construction, something good is about to come out. The pottery process seems so. It seems sometimes to suffer a setback. But the potter knows what to do with the setback. He knows what to do exactly with the setback. Because he takes it and he builds up. He molds a beautiful thing out of the process. Because surely there is joy at the end of this messy construction. Are you still listening to me this morning? Friends, the progress could be messy. 
When we talk about progress this year, it could be messy, messy process, messy progress. But you never stop going. You never stop giving. You never stop loving. You never stop hoping. Because every small step is leading to something. Very soon I'm going to speak to us about the joy of faithful routines. This was a message God ministered to me about three days ago as I was going out jogging. It was one of those mornings I didn't even want to jog. I didn't feel like it. I just felt, no, I feel tired this morning. But as soon as I started about three minutes or so, ten minutes into my jogging, the Lord started speaking to me about the joy, the secret of faithful routines. You don't know that every time the clay is rolling on the wheel, faithfully, it looks wasting, it looks not happening, but it's leading to something. Every single day you obey, it's leading to something. Every single step, immediately you don't feel it. At that moment, you don't know it. But if you keep at it, it's leading you to something this year. In the name of Jesus. Are you still here with me? I may be seeing contrary signs. This doesn't look like the year I was promised. I was told it's going to be a year of faithful or divine progress. But this doesn't look like divine progress to me. I'm seeing things that are actually, you know, I'm taking the small steps, but I am finding myself going more back. What is going on? Friends, let me say this to us. The God did not put you through all this to frustrate you. He didn't call you all this journey, call you all this far to frustrate you. The mess and the progress, they go together. They go together. Every time the cake is mixed, it's leading to the cake, final cake. It's the flower you see, but it's leading to the cake. It's the pots you see, the clay you see, it's leading to something. When you go to a construction site, things look out of shape. You see timbers dropped over there. You see some other, you know, stuff put over there. And debris all over the whole place. You see skips that are full. Have you, have you ever had a neighbor, I don't want to say it's you, have you ever had a neighbor doing some work in the house and their skip becomes so full and they have not come to take it? And every time you are driving home, you are like, if I can see, surely you can see it. And it's all over. And the guy carries on building in his house. But when you finish, you see the house becomes so beautiful. In the construction side, things look messy. Wires are hanging around. Sometimes they've stopped the waterworks and there's a leak all over there. But all this is leading to something great. I said this year your life is leading to something really great. But when this is over, God is going to take the glory. In the name of Jesus. You know, sometimes you look at some other people and it seems that they are, their own life is different from yours. You look at some other people, you feel that, I don't know why I am the one with the trouble. They have it so good. They got a good job on time. The children behave. They don't even, they don't argue. They don't talk back. They got married. They had a house. They don't ever get sick. Their papers came on time. No lawsuits against them. They don't even have a lawyer. I've got three lawyers. I've changed them. 
You look at some other people and you wonder what's going on with you. They go to hospital and they just say, no, there's nothing. They just discharge them. But I've been going to hospital from hospital to hospital. I've been going back for checkup to checkups. God, what's going on with my life? Why can't I have some progress? I thought if I, if I, if I just obey you, I'm going to have it all good. But I want to say something to you, friends. There is nobody without their own mess. Whether you are rich or poor, everybody's got their mess. Everybody has their mess to deal with. You might not know it. The nature of their mess might not be your mess, but it leads them to the same frustration that you are dealing with. Everybody has a construction site. I want you to be able to tell yourself, the devil, I am, a, I, am a, I am under construction. I am going somewhere. This is not all about my life. This is not where it ends. God is building something out of me and he's going to get all the glory. Amen. See, the text before us today that we read about Peter, that's exactly what it's all about. It's one of those moments in the life of Peter that if you ask Peter, it was a low moment for his life. If you ask Peter, this is the chief of, chief of all the apostles. It's one of those moments where if you are taking a picture of it, of yourself, if you've done something like that, if somebody takes a picture of yourself and they show you many years later, you feel you cover your face with shame. Have you ever said something, came out of your mouth, and you feel like catching it thereafter? Don't go, don't go, don't go. Nobody must hear this. <laughs> Are you, you know, those kind of moments where you've done stuff and you think this is disgraceful. This is disappointing. I thought I had moved past this. I thought I have made progress in this area. But look at what has happened. Last week I told us about what Paul said. He said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. Then He said, listen, because he said, I put away childish things. I put it away, which means it's somewhere. Once in a while, the devil tells you, remember, you still have your toy. It's somewhere. And you have to understand it's making progress because, yes, I am under construction, but I don't stay in that level forever. I'm at a different level of construction because you see a house that you think is fully built, then somebody says, no, I want to make some alterations to this house. It's already a beautiful house, but they want to take it to another construction level. May God continue to build into greater heights. This is Peter. He had just told Jesus Christ, I'll be the last man standing. And Jesus Christ said, okay guys, let's go out. I'm going to pray. The hour is at hand. And I can see Peter feeling, nobody's going to mess around with my boss. And then the soldier turns up. It wasn't anything that Peter expected. Peter would not allow anybody to rough handle his boss. He loves Jesus. There is no question about it. He believes in what Jesus Christ has come to do. No question about it. It's just that he had his own idea of how it should be done. There are times that you follow a person and you think, I know how it should be done. And if it's not been done your way, you want to alter things to be your way. So this guy showed up. The Bible said they arrested Jesus Christ and Peter. 
drew out his sword and he cut off the ear of their ringleader. But Jesus Christ said to him, stand down. He allowed himself to be arrested. He said, guys, I'll follow you. Take me, take me. So he, they took him. And he told Peter, go stand down. So Peter followed him at a distance. Peter felt, I think my boss has a plan. He must be up to something. I think he wants to show all of them the kind of miracle we did walking on water. Maybe he's going to put all of them to sleep and then he will walk out. Peter must have thought any minute now it's about to happen. So as he endured the night and the night grew up on him, it wasn't the picture he expected that he was seeing. He had waited for God to do something. Year one, year two, year three. But the situation has not changed. Year five, year six, nothing has changed. I've called on God. He has not answered. I've waited enough. I've followed. I've already, I've already put back my sword in my sheet. But listen, nothing is happening. I am not sure this is the way to go. Peter started growing in doubt. Are you still listening to this? And so they came to Peter. They said, Peter, sir, you are one of his followers. He said, no, not me. This is not the, I don't know this person. Because in his mind, the person he knew was a Messiah. The person he knew was a deliverer. The person he knew would do miracles, would not be subjected to this kind of he wouldn't allow himself to go through this kind of pain. So he started cursing. And then the Bible says at that moment, after he had cursed a third time, then the Bible said the call crew, and then he remembered something that Jesus said. Now this is interesting to me. You remember something that Jesus Christ said. My point is, which of the things that Jesus Christ said did he remember? So that takes me back to Luke chapter 22, verse 31. I want to see something in this passage. Luke 22, 31. This is what he remembered. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, now. He had not called him that name for three years. Why will he refer to him the way he was at the beginning of his journey? Are you here? Simon, Simon, you are full of zeal. Simon, Simon, I know you are Peter, but I can still see Simon inside you. You have made progress, but here is the thing you used to do when you didn't know me. You are still behaving like the kind of man that is about to start your journey. Now, that should make Peter to actually stop in his mind. But here is what Christ said. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Verse 32. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen my, your brethren. Now, 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 I have to pause you there. Satan came to you, sir. And what did you do? I prayed. Oh, thank God you prayed. 
Everybody will imagine if Christ prayed, it should be that Satan should not come. You said Satan told you, and then you prayed. That should be fine. Why? He said he prayed for him. Jesus Christ did not pray that the sifting will not happen. He didn't pray that the accident will not happen. He didn't pray that the cancer will not happen. He didn't pray that your spiritual appointment will not happen. He didn't pray that the delay will not happen. He didn't pray that your job will not be lost. He didn't pray that this coronavirus will not happen. Are you following me? He didn't pray that you won't go through the thing you went through. His prayer was not about those things that the devil think. If it happens, it's more important. But he prayed that your faith will not fail. What is it about Jesus that he will make him to pray that faith will not fail rather than pray that the thing will not happen? It's because he knew that the sifting is part of the mixing. The, 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 the sifting of the wheat is part of the process. It's part of the thing that you need to go through so that when you go through it, something is about to happen. Are you following me now? You may have to go through that, but I'm telling you, you are coming out. You may have to be through that, but you are coming out. My prayer is that your faith will not fail. I know you lost your job, but I'm praying that your faith will not fail. I know you have been through divorce. I'm praying that your faith will not fail. I know that you are struggling in this area, but your faith should not fail. I know what the devil wants to do, but I know what I have done. I know what I've done. My question is, what about you? What are you doing in your journey? In your journey to progress as you are making progress, it's your faith being strong. He's protecting something here. Why is that thing so important? I can see the mixing. As long he means that he wants me to put my trust in him, even in the safety. As long as the clay stays on the wheel, Something is going to happen. As long as the mixing is still in the bowl, a cake is coming out soon. Are you following me now? As long as my faith has not failed, as long as I am still holding on, as long as I still believe his breath is in me, as long as I believe he has me in his hand, he said, I am praying that your faith will not fail. I pray for somebody here today. You may be on the last edge of your faith. I pray in the name of Jesus. Your faith should not fail. In the name of Jesus, the Lord will hold you. He has called you. He will hold you. In the name of Jesus, begin to see the end. Begin to hold on. I say, God, I'm in your hand. I'm in your hand. I am in your hand. Hold me. Hold me. Carry me. Lead me through, Lord. Someone else we write off Peter at the point of denying him three times. But Jesus Christ said, no, I'm not going to deny you. Rather, I'm not going to cut you off. I should cut you off from my list. You've denied me three times. You are not fit to be on my board. Jesus Christ said, no, I knew what you are capable of doing when I called you. I knew the limits to your strength. I knew your thinking. I knew your thinking pattern. I knew what you are able to do. He said, but I am seeing beyond that. Can you see yourself beyond your struggle? My question to you this morning, can you see yourself beyond your struggle? Can you see yourself beyond your mistake? Can you forgive yourself? I know you went out to weep bitterly, but my friend, after the weeping, see what Jesus Christ said. Nobody gets better just by having regrets. 
Repentance turns you into a new action. Peter remembered what Jesus Christ said. This morning, I call you to the remembrance of what God said about you. He said, I'm causing you to have divine progress this year. And then when he remembered, Satan has come to sift. I pray that your faith will not fail. But let me just take this a bit deeper. When you have returned to me, hold on. So Jesus Christ knew that that challenge will shake me so much. The safety will shake me so much that I will be a point of detachment. <laughs> when you have returned to me, first of all, I pray that you will return to him. Oh, I pray you will return to him in prayer, in worship, in fellowship, in obedience, in every way. When you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Now that's the core of the matter. That beyond the messy construction, there is something. There is fruitfulness. God wants my life, after I've returned to him, to strengthen my brethren. Now, how does that happen? What is he saying? Unless you have tasted of my grace to sustain you in your messy times, you will not know how to help other people through their mess. Are you following me now? Jesus was telling Peter, Peter, after you have returned, strengthen your brethren because your brethren are going through the kind of mess you went through, but they don't have the capacity. They don't understand that grace, but because I have worked it into you, walk it through you. Whatever God has walked into you, my friends, you need to allow God to walk it through you. When you get to the point in life, where what God has given to you can pass through you. You are come to the status and to the stature of God counting on you for something good. Did you hear what I just said? When you've come to the platform of position in life, where whatever God has worked into you, God can trust you that it will go through you. You have come to a point of victory. You have come to a point of victory. There are many people you have received grace, but you don't even know how to offer grace to someone else. You have received favor, but you don't know how to offer the same favor. But God is saying this morning that the reason why you can increase in something is because you have received the same. Whatever you have received, you need to be able to pass it on to somebody else. Are you following me now? The Bible said, give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together. The Bible says in Psalm 51, verse 12 to 13, He said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. See that? Then I will teach. Because you have upheld me, you have taught me, you have been a God that saw me through my crisis. I can teach other people. You are the home of the restored people. You are the people that must understand that the reason why you have a message is because God restored you. You can restore other people too. You can actually speak to someone that God will see you through this crisis because you have been through crisis yourself. 
You are not going to be a person that is speaking to others from some kind of elevation, some kind of pedestal that is higher than anybody else. I am the one who, because I prayed, because I know what to do, because, you know, uh, I said, you know, I'm a Hebrew woman and I just prayed and God just answered my prayer. No, you don't understand. You know what it means to go through. Do no chance to receive it. Then God said, that's a person I'm going to count on. That's a person I'm going to build upon. Are you following me now? He said, you know what it means to have been through crisis. Therefore, you can bring Christ to other people. You know what it means to have received forgiveness. Then you can forgive other people. You can offer people favor. Everything that is godly operates in the same principle. In the principle of after you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. That's how it is in the kingdom. Everything in the kingdom this is where it hinges upon. It hinges upon this principle. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, the B part. He said, it is God who comforts us in all tribulation. You see that? I don't know what tribulation you are going through this morning, but it is your comfort. He says that we may be able to comfort others. Comfort those who are in any trouble. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 4. He said that we may comfort others. All those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves have been comforted by God. Can you see that? How can you offer what you have not received? Peter, the reason you must go through the sifting so that you can tell someone else, you don't need to give up hope. There is hope in your future. I know you are backsliding. I know you have messed up. I know you did it wrong. But listen to me. If you return, God will turn back to you. He has not canceled you. He has not rejected you. He has not written off your progress. God says that there is mess in construction. But after this mess, beyond this mess, there is joy. There is progress. There is progress. God allows us to survive the messy days of progress. So that we can extend the same favor to other people. I need to close this morning. before, Because I want to continue next week. Peter, when you are converted, keep the flow. Don't stagnate the blessing. Keep the flow. Don't stop it. If I bless you, bless other people. If I forgive you, forgive other people. If I have shown you favor, show favor. To other people. If I gave you narrow escape. Tell other people there is still hope. You can escape this too. There is nothing that we have that we have not received. From God. And this morning. As we close I want you just to bow down your heads wherever you are. Thank God that your faith has not failed. Listen, you are listening to me this morning because you have faith in God. That's why you are listening to me this morning. Because there is faith. You have faith. You have faith. You are saying, Lord, I thank you for your faith. I thank you for the faith that you have given to me. That my faith has not failed. This morning you are saying, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the faith. And if you do not have that faith this morning, say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, open my heart, Lord, strengthen me. Help me. Help me, Lord. The man said, help my unbelief that I might still be able to see that I still hope in this mess. That I still hope in this mess. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. For everyone under the sound of my voice this morning, I thank you 
for great stuff that is ahead of us besides the mess despite the mess thank you because right now it may look like a messy messy thing in the construction site but beyond that Lord there is process the architect of our life you know what you are doing you have a way of putting everything together you are using even our mistakes because Peter will rise up tomorrow to speak fearlessly in the face of opposition and, and wicked rulers who will say that we cannot but speak about this God. We are not going to shut down. We are not going to shut up. We don't care what you do to us or lock us up. This Jesus is who we preach. You have seen beyond our failures of today, Lord. I pray for somebody listening to us this morning. Wherever you are connecting to this message, I pray that the day is coming that your mistakes of today, you look back to it and you say, Lord, I thank you because I went past that stage of my life. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus four four two or eight five nine seven triple one zero or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk may the peace of the lord guard you and keep you till we meet again god bless you